0: Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives. Because no one does just one thing, and everyone has a story. And on this show, you get to hear those stories. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of many hats, and I am joined today by Quinn Dean, who is a YouTuber, who practices street epistemology, an outdoors enthusiast, a, mu- a musician, and a game a gamer, and more. Um, welcome to the show, Quinn.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm not going to perform any magic tricks today.
0: <laughs> I, I accidentally uh, said uh, magician instead of musician the first <laughs> time I was telling Quinn uh, about the, uh, the bio that I'd written. So that's where that comes from. Um, just a quick little note. Um, today, we're we're going to keep it a little bit more simple as I'll show you why, because this is my apartment right now, 81 85 Fahrenheit, which is uh, almost 30 Celsius for my Canadian friends. And I guess European friends. Um, Yeah. I've got fans on
1: ones essentially.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah kind of so i've got fans on so when i'm not talking i'm probably going to mute myself so hopefully you won't hear the fan noise but yeah we're we're probably going to forgo the bonus episode this time um just because it's it's not and we've been having a bit of tech issues so anyways we we roll along um the icebreaker question uh on the show that we start with is where did you grow up
1: i grew up in uh los angeles county so southern california uh, moved around a little bit, but always always stayed down here.
0: That, uh, yeah, I haven't had too many, uh, too many American guests so far. So it's, uh, kind of exciting to because mm-hmm. I know it'll get a little bit of kind of experience or perspective that's, uh, at least a little bit different than what a lot of my guests have brought. I'm, I'm excited to start talking to some more people who are not from kind of within an hour or two of where I live. Nice. Um, yeah, so for a guest that I have who are not in or kind of around near Toronto, I've been asking, um, do you think there's any lasting influence that you can still feel right now that where you grew up has had on you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, especially because I'm still here, I think it's kind of hard to really, um, articulate the degree of, of the influence, um, of where I was born has on me, but yeah, I think everything from, uh, like my lingo to my hobbies, to my friends, um, uh, and just sort of even, I think even down to things like the way I walk or something like that, uh, has to do with
0: where I'm from. Yeah. Interesting. I had not uh, thought of that before. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the,
1: uh, there's been a cool, like a few a couple cool like local music scenes here, um, where I've got where I've gotten a lot of my music taste, I guess, from.
0: So we'll take a brief moment here to do a land acknowledgement, uh, as I do on each episode, Toronto or Tkaronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish with one spoon treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. To learn more about that and, uh, probably your region as well. There's a website, native-land.ca, which says .ca, but it's actually, it covers the whole world and not just Canada. So it's a good place to get started in your learning, but uh, not where you should end that journey. Um, The next question here, kind of how we start getting into it is, can you tell us a little bit more about the things that you do and that that you're kind of known for?
1: Hmm. Well, I think I'm starting to notice that I'm... um really sort of eclectic and interest and hobby and and job and, um, stuff like that. Uh, I think throughout my life, I've been known as being a curious person, probably to a fault. And that's, um, I think maybe the inception of, um, why I started my street epistemology channel, uh, which is how you found me, which is, yeah. and, And that is, street epistemology is, um, a, I describe it as, uh, a neutral tool to help other people examine their own beliefs, uh, through questioning. Um, and so that's one thing I do. I haven't uploaded to my channel in probably seven or eight months. Um, but actually about three days ago, I went out for the first time in a while and got, uh, got a really good interview. Um, so I'm thinking about, I'm now considering like, uh, setting up maybe a Patreon for my page and, um, maybe getting a bit more active. Cause I, I have, I actually have like probably 80 to a hundred interviews that are just not that I never thought were like good enough to post. Like I enjoyed the conversations, maybe, but they weren't uh, very entertaining. So I'm thinking maybe I can make that like exclusive content or something. You know, um, but yeah, that's one thing I do. Uh, and I think that your your intro of me summed me up pretty well. I like uh, music and video games.
0: Yeah, and you said also that uh, you mentioned, well, in the information you sent me, you mentioned a lot of kind of outdoorsy activities. And that is uh, something that I I can't say that I share. Uh, I know that's very popular with a lot of people, like hiking and camping and stuff like that. But, um, hey, it's great. It's it's a good community around that, I'm sure. Um, So have have you kind of always, through most of your life, been uh, been more kind of outdoor-oriented?
1: It's weird. It's like... um... Camping is my favorite pastime, like of of all things, Um, even more than like recording or playing on stage or playing video games or anything like that. Um, And that's I think that's in huge part due to uh, my grandma would take my cousins and I every year from probably age when I was five to 17 or something like that. Um, We went every summer to a different um, campground, usually around here in California, like Sequoia and all that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, I mean, what the reason why I say it's weird is because I think I spend most of my time indoors and I would consider myself an introvert. Um, But going out into nature especially for prolonged amounts of time is like a very special uh rejuvenating experience for me
0: hmm. yeah i've i've heard a lot of uh i my, f- my friends of mine who similarly enjoy the outdoors they have similar things to say about it and i have my moments i i do like sometimes to go to like a park and You know, once a year, usually I try to just go and like, as they say, you know, actually like wiggle your toes in the grass and Mm -hmm. just actually feel directly feel nature against your skin. Um, I think there,
1: do you you enjoy that
0: um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't do it nearly often enough. Um, that's a combination of, uh, either usually being too busy or, you know, not prioritizing it or not living near enough to kind of a good green space, but yeah, I
1: I mean, um, that notion of going and feeling the, the grass on your toes and stuff, I think, um, it's just super important in today's society. I I, I hate saying that word or that phrase, but like today I, I just feel very, I think more and more, um, I keep noticing that my, uh, you know, my phone reminds me of how much time I've spent on it. And it's like, right now it's at like 11 or 12 hours a day. Like I really look at my phone just way too much. Um, And a lot of that is because I fall asleep to YouTube videos, but um, uh, it's just that time of sort of resetting and just being in nature um, is something that I just find. uh, I forget how much I crave it until I'm there. Um, and then it's always nice, like after a, a few days of camping, to come back home and um, like have the comforts of air conditioning and showers and all that kind of stuff too. You know, it makes <laughs> really cool for those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and and is there anything else, kind of, from your your list of stuff that you want to just briefly talk about? How you kind like, how did you figure out that you liked kind of music and games?
1: Um, music. I think my, um, my mom was really into cool music, uh, when I was younger. Um, she like, you know, even when I was in the womb, she was listening to like, uh, my bloody Valentine Nirvana and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, when I was really young, one one of my first memories is like, um, having a, my mom and I having like dance parties to, uh, The B fifty twos. Um, and so she was just always listening to really cool stuff and that kind of got me started into it. And um and then my dad actually taught me how to play guitar when I was six or seven. Um and so I think just those early seeds are kind of what really got me into it. I think I've always amongst uh, most of my peers have had like a a weird maybe relatively weird obsession with music, um, in games. Um, I don't know. I got, uh, I've always been into those two. I think since I was four, I got my first game boy color with a Pokemon and, um, yeah, ever since then I've been hooked, honestly.
0: Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm into, uh, several of the same, like I'm also a YouTuber. I'm also, sometimes a musician i've gotten back into gaming more recently so uh, we're kind of on the same page with a bunch of things which is which is a pretty common thing for me and my guests mm-hmm. uh it might have something to do with like i've been pondering this about whether you know what is it is it an adhd thing is it a, is my gen just this generation is it Um, you know, there's, there's lots of possible explanations. I like to ask about misconceptions because there's always something that we can learn about something that we don't, that, that, you know, either myself or my audience or all of us can learn about something we don't know as much about. What would you say in your experience is one of the, maybe the biggest misconception about street epistemology or maybe even philosophy more broadly or kind of what you do on YouTube? Um,
1: Well, I think the biggest, I'm not sure I'm qualified to identify any misconceptions with philosophy because there's just, I don't even know what, what conceptions are of it. It's so broad, but as far as street epistemology goes, like, um, people think, uh, that because the first, the book where, where its origins are is, uh, it's called, um, Uh, a guide, a guide to creating atheists or something like that. I haven't read it, but it's a book by Peter Boghossian. Um, And so the book, it street epistemology very explicitly does have its roots in atheism. And it also uh, sort of sprung from the atheist community. Um, But I think a misconception is that the movement as it is today is um, purely a method for atheists to uh, deconvert um, religious folks. Um, it's it's a misconception in regards to how it's widely being practiced. You know, it's it's just a a neutral tool to help people examine their beliefs. Um, I'm sure that in practice, it's a lot of atheists who are using it still, though much less than um, in the past percentage wise. Um, so that's one. Another one is that it's a, it's um, a manipulative tool, which uh, um, makes it so that uh, one person doesn't have to uh, say their beliefs at all. Um, I'm sure that some people do use it that way, but uh, for me, um, I'll, I'm glad to reveal my positions on things uh, just, you know, after my part of the questioning is done.
0: I think I learned a little bit there myself. I had a vague conception, as you said, and, and um, yeah. um, Let's see here. So the next question in the, the series, um, what, if you um, remember uh, when you were a child, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? Uh, so
1: many things. Um, yeah, I wish it were just one thing, but, uh, skateboarder, astronaut, rock star, um, civil engineer, um, a, like journalist and news reporter. Um, it, it's just been such a, there wasn't really like one strong thing. The strongest thing th- consistently throughout my youth and adult life has been um, being a musician. Um,
0: Was there any particular, because I know a lot of my past guests have been like, oh, I wanted to be this, but then someone told me, oh, you can never do that because X, or like, you know, if you're terrible at math, you can't do that because math is important for that. Do you remember anybody ever telling you something like that about one of your specific kind of childhood dreams?
1: As far as someone telling me and actively discouraging me from doing something, um, my friends and family about the news reporter thing, um, because, uh, it's sort of, uh, and I guess I understand because, um, well, in the black community, you know, like they call, um, I guess like, you know, Don Lemon is kind of like the new uncle Tom, you know, Don Lemon.
0: Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I can't exactly place it.
1: Okay. He's like a, a black news reporter, um, a very popular one. And he's like a just generally a personality. Um, and, you know, it's just sort of being like a, on channel four, like on TV news. Um, I just thought it looked like pristine and I saw some virtue in it um, in the sense my my goal or aspiration was to like bring neutrality into it and report real hard-hitting factual news and all this kind of stuff um but i think that um people were sort of concerned that i would become like uh like fake i guess is the general way to describe it um and yeah they i mean it was just sort of a uh, you want to do that kind of a thing? Um, yeah, I, I think that's the only discouragement I've gotten in regards hmm. to an aspiration.
0: So this next question here might be um, a good one to kind of zero us in a bit more on, because again, the, the show's kind. There's a, there's several kind of prevailing underlying themes and, and threads that run through what the show is about and what I'm trying to essentially kind of learn from the guest or or whatever uh, wisdom or experience I'm trying to um bring out um mm-hmm. but so in terms of kind of the path that you're on right now uh, and it may not be um sound like you probably still have a bit of a uh, a branching path or a lot of kind of different ways that you're feeling like you'd like to go maybe but um if uh I guess maybe with the music because I know you, you mentioned in your email that that's still something that's pretty prominent in your life and that you really enjoy. So um, I know you've been doing that your whole life, but so <laughs> sorry, I'm doing a, a lot of unnecessarily unnecessary preamble. I think, but I would like to ask, like, because there's this idea that we're supposed to have our lives figured out by a certain age, and that's often not the case. And so I like to ask what age do you think that you were at when you kind of got on to your sort of current path or whatever path you may be on that you want to continue for a little while, if that makes sense. Wow. Uh,
1: it's, it's always, um, it's there's okay. There's like very, there's goal posts that I have that have been there for, um, sent that have been there probably for the past 10 years, which are, um, things like, uh, very broad things like, um, financial independence. Um, I want to start a family. Um, I want to like produce, um, music and art that I'm proud of. Um, and, I want to pursue. Uh, I have like five virtues: um, honesty, open-mindedness, kindness, uh, balance, and clarity. And so, in that, I have like I fail at these things all the time. But I have a very active pursuit of uh, of um, embodying those virtues. So th- those are all of those are things that I've wanted for so long and I've been on the pathway to get them. But as far as like the ways that I do it evolve, it evolves so frequently, um, that, yeah, I, I just, I've never like really made a, I'm, I'm very disorganized. So I haven't made like a, a five-year plan, you know, or a ten-year plan, or something like that. It's just sort of like, uh, wow, this is something that I really want to do, and then I I just do it and try not to quit. You know.
0: And so the sort of sub question to this question is, uh, looking at kind of like the things that slow us down, or kind of take us off course, or just kind of impede us for whatever reason. Do you think that there is like? Was there like a biggest obstacle for you kind of getting to where you might want to be in life sort of sooner than now well
1: I think that it's my it actually is my own um scatterbrained unorganizedness like i i lose out on a lot of different opportunities um in my in my opinion um i mean besides besides like uh sort of deep trauma and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, and, uh, f- environmental factors that I don't really have any control over, like, um, like inflation or, or something. Um, it really all comes down to like, I think my own lack of focus and organization. Those are my biggest, uh, impediments.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned before, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I, as someone with ADHD and, and talking to many other people on this show who have also had that or had other kind of, um, neurodiversity, um, challenges, um, that is definitely, uh, that's kind of, that's been more recently a struggle for myself and identifying the, with this project specifically, identifying what aspects of it seem to be a lot easier for me to do versus which ones are much harder and how can I make that easier or how can I get help with that? And, um, that's, you know, being able to identify those things and potentially find solutions is obviously a big, um, thing to kind of try to strive for, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I've been, um, really really very recently trying to uh trying to do like i think i've been such a um uh like anti anti routine type of person like uh i f- i think i found it maybe very trapping or 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 unexciting or or soul crushing or something like this but um the more that i'm able to create a routine of doing things that I, that I love doing, you know, um, or that at least I don't mind doing so much or whatever pain I, I, I go through following such routine. I really understand the benefit or the gain of, of, of whatever it is I'm doing. Um, the more I can create something like that, the more it helps me um, stay focused towards whatever goal I'm I'm heading to.
0: The next question here has to do with the topic of self-care. And as I've said on the show many times before, uh, a lot of people think of self-care in terms of, you know, being really pampered, really like fancy, expensive sort of things like dinners or gadgets or going to the spa. But uh, I think for kind of our generation and and probably even Gen Z as well, that self-care is just kind of anything that you do to kind of make your day a little easier or kind of give yourself a little bit of a mood boost. And so I like to ask my guests, what is the last act of self-care that you did for yourself, but no matter how small it was.
1: I went to, uh, I went to see, we have a three, a two to $3 movie theater near us And I was driving around doing orders and running errands and and all this kind of stuff. And um, people were calling me and texting me. And I turned my phone off and just in the middle of the day went to see a movie in the movie theaters just by myself.
0: Yeah, I've done that once or twice before. I definitely uh, know that can be pretty liberating and kind of help to clear the mental slate for sure. I, I kind of miss, unfortunately, we just got out of lockdown here like a week or two ago. So I I miss being able to kind of go out and like run errands and just kind of like, I'd have my phone with me, but I would not be, I'd be distracted from it for a little while. And it's just like, and it's like, oh, hey, I haven't looked at social media in like two or three hours. And like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's always so refreshing. And,
0: you know, it kind of
1: harkens back to that thing I was talking about with, um, with, going out, going camping or even hiking, you know, for a little bit. Um, It's, it just, you don't realize how nice it feels to be without it. And then I don't know if this is insidious or not, but the moment you realize you haven't been on social media for three or four hours, that's the, that's my favorite time of checking it for sure. Like I might actually have DMS and stuff like that it's refreshing to see. I'm not just like panic scrolling, refreshing Instagram, just bug eyed, you know? Um,
0: Yeah. That's why I, I, that's similar thing to when I wake up in the morning and like when I first look at my phone and you know, is there, is there email notifications? Cause I don't normally get a lot of emails. So usually when I get emails, they're either something important or something from somebody that I'm going to want to like read or hear about. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a, it's definitely a thing and like you say yes when when i realize, like oh hey i haven't been on social media for four hours and i don't feel like i need to go right back to it right. when you eventually do again it's like oh this is like this is kind of nice like this is how it was kind of in the beginning before it exactly. took over our lives <laughs> exactly
1: yeah, yeah um, like when we just had um Like back in the MySpace days, you know.
0: The next question here is about uh, learning, because again, that is one of the kind of core values of this show. Um, So I'd like to ask my guests, what is the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or a piece of information, and what is something you would still like to learn?
1: Well, um, have you heard of the app Clubhouse? Yes. Yeah, I've I've been using that recently, and I've been going and participating in these philosophy seminars, and um, I'm... and we're doing these weekly discussions about a particular reading, and the reading is called Four Views on Free Will. Um, and it's, you know, it's like, um, well, eight essays, two from each author, and each author has a different stance on the free will debate. And so I'm, I've am been just learning a ton of different, um, well, first of all, a ton of different jargon which describes all this whole debate, but also sort of learning to articulate it to myself, um, a lot more clearly. Um, you know, I think that, I, I think most people have a stance on whether they think that, um, free will exists or that everything is determined, uh, usually one on one side or the other. And I think people are, from my experience, generally very sure about themselves when it comes to that, um, to that topic, like, of course this is true, or of course this is the case. They're pretty, uh, it's pretty polar or, or um, bimodal or where whatever you want to call it, but I'm, l- I'm learning to look at it on, uh, in a much more nuanced way. And, uh, yeah, like I learned just def- just learning definitions of words in regards to this uh, particular subject. It's been very fun.
0: Yeah. And something you'd still like to learn?
1: There's so much. Um, well, like we were talking about before the stream started, I'd like to learn how to trade stocks more uh, successfully.
0: Yeah, no, we uh, we were talking briefly about that. Because um, I, we, I guess I don't know how uh, how in, uh, invested you've become. I've just kind of very recently grabbed like one or two of a few different things and i i kind of realized i i had and you might have experienced a similar thing it's kind of like with social media and in a way of like you know the market's only open during this time but like the first like week or two i was constantly checking and like being really anxious and then i was like and then i just kind of got busy at one point and i just didn't look at it for like a couple of days and then it was like oh i know it's there but like now that sort of initial anxiety addiction is kind of gone and i like i check it here and there but um it's just like you know i have no control it's just there it does its thing and yeah i'm just kind of along for the ride
1: (laughs) yeah um it's okay that checking uh whatever account or app you use or E-Trade or Robinhood or whatever you use. Um, Or at least for me, checking it nonstop, I think was my downfall. Like, and the more I leave it alone, the better I do, you know, like, so yeah, I think it's just about finding, part of it is just about finding that balance and having a, a decent amount of patience, but not just like maybe setting a goal for what, price you'd like a stock to be at and then just not getting too greedy and hoping that dogecoin goes to like a thousand dollars or something and like selling at a certain point like a dollar
0: yeah yeah and and something i i feel compelled to just kind of briefly mention here is you brought up uh clubhouse and um i I'm not sure if I still have it on my phone. I downloaded it, but bef- when I whenever I hear about one of these new apps that seems to be kind of blowing up, I usually like to go and, and kind of Google like security or privacy issues because I know a lot of like, apps that kind of just blow up all of a sudden they often seem to have issues with security and privacy. Yep. And it's like, Hey, the more popular it is and the more it just kind of happened overnight, the, the more likely it is that like the less likely I'm going to trust it. So mm. that one, I watched a video. And, and if I can remember when I'm after I'm, you know, uh, posting this uh, later on, um, there was a video that I watched that was, that did a pretty good in-depth, uh, look at the the kind of issues i'm not saying don't use it this is obviously up to everyone's individual discretion but for me from what i kind of learned about it i'm like i like it it took me a while even just to like download tiktok because i've heard things about that. and I, I got rid of whatsapp because that one's another one with real serious uh, yeah. privacy and security issues yeah. um but it's just something i feel my conscience won't let me just let that sit i'm like i I want people to know, even if they are like, whatever, I don't care. Cause most people don't seem to care. And I don't fully understand that, but right. that's, you know, that's, that's their thing. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the person that did that video that I watched, she said that she really liked it and like the idea of it and that she wanted it to succeed, but that she took it off of her phone uh, after using it for a little while. And uh, like was- in
1: general or uh, the basics of what the, security issues or the privacy
0: issues? One of the things I think I remember was that by like, like by registering at all, you have to give it access to your contact list. And then if you, if somebody adds you into the app, then that also um, like it's sort of like, you can kind of get your contact information sort of sucked into the app without your consent, depending on how it's sort of like how you're, friends use it or whatever kind of like with the whole the the DNA test things like I can opt out of getting a DNA ancestry test but if everyone else in my family does they know I exist they just don't know my exact DNA and that makes me uncomfortable but again it's not fully in my control so I control as much as I'm able to with that um but just yeah as someone who has to be a little bit more careful about you know my my sort of privacy online and the potential of being like doxed or whatever mm-hmm. um i just i have to be a little bit more uh, picky so about that good. stuff but that's why also why like i do like to just let you know let the average person know hey just so you know there's something you might want to be aware of here and again most people don't seem to care and that kind of also makes me uncomfortable but that's your life as long as it doesn't sort of directly impact me then i guess you can do whatever you're gonna do <laughs>
1: yeah it's good that you're warning everybody though you
0: know. i i just, you you mentioned it and like oh should i just let this go should i just let this go i want to say something <laughs> so um yeah but maybe i'll maybe uh in the uh, show notes of this episode if i remember to do it when i post it i will put some links in for people that uh, maybe want to do a little bit more reading First or one. or learning um, yeah, so we'll go on to the next question here. Um, this is one that I have added kind of a more recently, but I, I like the idea. It revolves around this idea that when we're in school, there's all these like mandatory subjects that we have to learn and we're told that like, oh, this is so important because you, you can't you know can't live a functional adult life you can't get a job without these these skills and this knowledge but there seems to be so 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 much that we learn once we're out of school that we learn on the job or we learn from just just living our lives that um often ends up becoming much more relevant and applicable and i've heard some cool stories where people have been like oh i took this you know this knowledge base or this skill and i used it on this thing which you would never think would, would make sense, but it actually turned out to be very useful. And so I've started asking my guest, uh, can you think of an example of a time that you um, applied like a skill or, or sort of a knowledge set to something uh, in an unusual way, but it, that it worked? Well, I mean, I think that
1: uh, I've been in like a number of different like customer service uh, jobs throughout my life. And I think that, um, you know, street epistemology and customer service have, have some interlap like, uh, just, um, the, the prospect of dealing with a very aggravated or passionate person in, uh, in a cool, calm, compassionate manner, I think, um, is something maybe shared by, by both uh, customer service and uh, street epistemology.
0: So the next question here, and it might be a similar kind of answer for you, um, but I'd like to talk, we're talking about these metaphorical hats. And I like to ask about, um, cause there's, there's a, you know, you've done a lot of different things in your life. You have different interests and, everyone that I talk to on the show generally does. And so, but there's also this idea that sometimes you look at a person and the example that I came up with most recently was like, you know, a surgeon that likes to play ping pong, like these two seemingly very different things, but it's possible that one person could be both of those things or enjoy both those things. And so I like to ask, uh, what would you say maybe for yourself? What do you think are your two most dissimilar hats and those being like skills or interests?
1: Well, I think that, uh, when I, when I play music in particular, I'm, um, oftentimes being very, uh, this is a weird way to approach the question, but I think that, um, when I make and perform music, I'm being very, um, emotive and relying on, um, like my, um, subconscious sort of, or like a stream of consciousness sort of thing to make something that I find interesting. Um, and I'm being very honest in that emotional sort of way. Um, but in regard, I think a a lot of people know me in that space, but then there's a whole other group of people who just know me in the space of like, um, philosophy and, and, uh, street epistemology in which I think I'm very much the opposite, uh, person. I think i I try to not involve my personal self unless it's relevant or, or my emotions or anything. Um, I try to, I try to be neutral and uh, observant and analytical.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And as a, an artist myself, I, I know what you mean about creating art tends to, you really kind of put yourself into what you're doing and you're expressing that. And like, Similar kind of thing, I guess. When I'm doing these interviews, like I try for the most part to just let the guests' answers kind of stand on their own. But sometimes, like, oh, I, re- I have an anecdote or something I really want to, you know, share that relates to that. But generally, I'm trying to just kind of facilitate and just kind of bring these answers kind of forward. So, um, to to kind of, <laughs> I was like, here, it's not to make it about myself, but I just kind of oh. did again. <laughs> sometimes I can't help it. Well, it's you know what
1: what it is, is like. I'm like, you mentioned when you first messaged me, I think it's like the it's, it's weird for me to be interviewed because I'm so used to doing interviewing, you know what I mean? So I think maybe I'm leaving my answers a bit like open ended or something in hopes, maybe in hopes or, or like subconscious persuasion for you to tell me about yourself, you know?
0: Yeah, the the reason that I generally try to avoid doing that is because this show would be like two, three hours long if I like, you know, it was so... A so yeah, it, it's already hard enough to keep it within an hour and a half. Usually um, when I, you know, it also depends on the, the length of the answers that the guests give. But mm-hmm. um, when I feel like I have a really relevant um, sort of anecdote or, or similar experience, I usually do like to share, but I try to like mentally be the case. like, keep this like a minute. Like you're only allowed to talk for a minute and then All I have right. to go to the next question. Well, I think <laughs> it makes the,
1: I think it makes the, it certainly made the experience more interesting and I think it'll, it'll it probably makes the episodes more interesting to watch when it seems more like a, a little bit more like a back and forth rather than like a, a job interview or something, you know?
0: Yeah. I I definitely try to keep it a little bit more human and relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's that fine line of walking. Like I'm the host it's, it's not meant to be just two friends talking. It is meant to be more of an interview, but like a personable one. So, um, I have uh, I've gotten good feedback from people about uh, about the kind of the vibe and the um, the flow of it. So yeah, I think yeah, I'm generally doing all right.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the next question is a new one that I'm kind of test driving out here. It's um, we were just sort of talking about technology earlier. So um, this I, I've been thinking about. It's I, this is a question I decided because I uh, I have a different question set for if I interview teenagers versus if I interview grandparents and um, some of the questions that are on this show are not relevant to either of those groups or not as relevant. And so I have questions that are relevant to them that aren't. So one of them is about the technology. And because I got curious, like what would teenagers say about modern technology? What would like grandparents say? Cause they have two very different experiences about it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like to kind of, put everyone on the same page now I'm asking, um, the people in kind of my generation, what do you think is the best thing about modern technology and like the worst thing or like the worst aspect of modern technology?
1: Um, well, the best thing I think is, it's so many things it would, it's hard to even put it into one concept, but I think that, um, I honestly think, it seems like we're te- we're trending towards a future um, that is heavily automated, and would hopefully leave um, hopefully would go in the direction of leaving people to to pursue interests rather than um, you know have have to work jobs that they hate. Um, it could, it could go any way. It could go the opposite way of just leaving, um, the impoverished, even more Im- impoverished or something. But, um, I think it has the potential to really, well, it already has completely, um, transformed like our, uh, the global economy, but I think it's still, it it's full potential is, is unrealized in that regard. Uh, but in pretty, in just pretty much any, um, sector or pursuit or genre, um, of thing that you could imagine technology, I think has, has transformed it, uh, everything from writing books to playing music, to trading stocks, to delivering food, to, um, making movies,
0: I'd say even like hiking and camping cuz the the gear has improved.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even even trying to spend time in nature in in the most you know, uh roots way possible has been transformed in a certain respect and like um and I think that's good. I think you know um Back at some certain time, when you wanted to get in contact with someone who was across the world, it was a very um, laborious, long process. And now it's instantaneous. Um, And I think that that is generally good. Uh, The worst thing, I think, about technology, um, there's this adage. I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like uh, strong people create good times. Good people create or no. Oh my God. I already messed it up. Strong people create good times. Good times create weak people. Weak people create bad times. Bad times create strong people. And so it's this kind of like cycle. And I think that technology has made the, the average person weak in a certain regard and that they're dependent upon it. Um, And I mean, they're dependent upon it in such a way that oftentimes they even lose um, the ability to function without it. Uh, And I also think that like, you know, this, um, this image of like just walking throughout your city and seeing most people looking down at their phones is kind of a sad one. I think there's a bit of human connection that is lost. Of course, there's a bunch that it's been gained. Like, look at what we're doing, but um, yeah, it, it has its benefits and drawbacks. I think I'm, but if I had to say, I think I'm more pro than con.
0: Yeah. So I will offer an anecdote with this one because I feel like it is relevant when you brought up automation, um, I it made me think of two things. Like in one sense, I thought about like you know a lot of retail stores now, or mostly I guess like restaurants, uh, fast food places, have the or or some some retail places have the uh, self checkouts, and that idea was that this is supposed it, it kind of you're saying like automation was supposed to like liberate people so that we could pursue you know our passions more, but. The, the unfortunate flip side of it is that the these companies are doing this for their own kind of profitability and the, there's no finance there's no social support net for these people whose jobs are being replaced by this automation so a lot of people are being freed up into poverty and yes. then it's so it's like yeah, it just the, the and and the other thing I thought of is a similar idea. Um, GMOs are still a pretty um, uh, controversial topic, and I I'm not going to get into that right now because I'm not nearly well enough versed. But I've heard kind of from both both sides, or heard from you know different people with different opinions. And um, what I've kind of heard from the people who are anti-GMO is that like it was kind of I, I was a well-intentioned idea kind of like the atom bomb <laughs> and or or atom you know splitting atoms but yeah. but then the way that it kind of got implemented has potentially led to these like health effects and these uh environmental harms and Would
1: so say, i mean based on your knowledge that gmos have done more bad than good
0: i'm not comfortable answering that at this time um but yeah i was gonna say what was i gonna say um Oh, I lost it now. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, the there's this thing called the progress trap. And it kind of also reminded me of when you that little anecdote that you said of how we come up with these, you know, quote unquote solutions to a problem, but the solution often creates its own new problem. And then we have to create another new solution to fix that problem, which then creates another new problem and sometimes multiple problems. And so it becomes this question of are we actually better off to keep trying to like whack the mole of, of a problem with new technology or should we just kind of, because I think technology is like just running way ahead of us. Like we can't keep up with it. And so we don't have a proper chance to adapt and to, I think this is part of why so many people just dive into these apps because they don't really, we're not used to stopping and really thinking carefully and, and now I feel like I'm making this show about, not about you like it's supposed to be. But this is stuff I do feel like is important for people to think about. Um, agree. And I guess we're having a bit of a conversation here. But um, yeah, I think that I just, I yeah, I wanted to to kind of put that uh, those thoughts out. I guess another thing that factors into uh, our kind of journeys and our paths and how we get to where we are and how kind of quickly we get there, or how easily, are kind of the the close relationships in our life because obviously if we. You know, grow up with like really good supportive people around us. We're probably going to get a lot further, a lot faster than if we grow up in a you know an unsupportive toxic environment or you know you you know, get maybe a born into a family that's just like really low means. Um, but I've kind of uh, boiled this down to these two concepts I call hype hats and heavy hats. And essentially, hype hats are people that hype you up and encourage you and kind of help you um, reach your potential, and then heavy hats are kind of the opposite. And so the idea here is to help people learn to identify um, like what really makes someone truly supportive and kind of helpful and positive in your life and who is maybe not adding to your life, maybe detracting from it more than you might realize and how to identify that so that you can have more of the hype hats and less of the heavy hats in your life. So uh, with, you don't have to name any specific names, but if you can kind of think of an example of a hype hat and a heavy hat in your life and kind of talk briefly about them.
1: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I definitely don't want to name names, but because uh, <laughs> that would be disastrous for the heavy hat in particular. Um, but there is a person who um, is a hype hat for me who uh, is a, who makes a very active effort to not only just, you know, look at what I'm doing and, and post a like or double tap or whatever. Um, but also, uh, takes the time to like, you know, um, to listen to, or, you know, understand all of these pursuits that I have on, on a deeper level and have very active conversations around said topics when they weren't, when they weren't interested in them to begin with, you know, um, like, of course I have friends who are interested in, um, anime and video games and TV shows and street epistemology and philosophy and all that stuff. But there's a couple people in particular who, um, will make the effort of getting into these things because of me or for me to understand me better. Um, and, and yeah, they're, they're just very supportive. Um, and, and pretty much all of my pursuits, I think, it, and it's those people who I think maybe just like me as a person. So that's why they take that extra effort to understand, to try to understand what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, for people who, who just generally don't like me i I wouldn't really expect them to do that. I don't fault them for not understanding uh, or supporting. Um, as far as heavy hats go, uh, I, th- I thought I thought I remember thinking about that question when you sent it, and I don't. There's a couple people in my life who are like kind of haters, you know, like they talk shit about me behind my back, or or even sometimes just are very doubtful but those people i think often give me motivation um, a, a real heavy hat to me um, has it's someone kind of close to me and i found i find that every time i well they've gotten better i think uh, there's a progression but it would be that every time i hung out with this person i'd be getting into trouble or they'd want to do something that was like just horrible. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I just felt like, you know, those goals, that place that I'm trying to get that we've sort of been talking about, um, they'd always sort of drag me away from it. And sometimes that was nice to get a different perspective on things, but, uh, mostly I, I'd, I feel like it was a heavy hat, like a, a burden or, or something
0: yeah um definitely um there's been a variety of different examples on this show, and, like I said, it's just the 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 ultimate goal of the question is to kind of help people identify, and so I liked your example of like you know people taking the time, making the effort to kind of understand the things that you're passionate about because that is really, really important and as someone who's neurodiverse and kind of a bit more erratic and and has a, an unorthodox approach to a lot of things uh you know having friends that that you know don't judge that and just say, oh that's that's Lacey's unique way and you know she she finds her way to, to, to either get things done or to be happy so that's kind of what matters and right. um yeah so thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next question here, uh, we're going to talk about mental health because everyone has mental health and everyone's mental health can vary not only, you know, from person to person, but day to day. Mm -hmm. And so again, this is where we're trying to, um, I, I sort of ask whatever you're comfortable talking about, uh, on this topic, um, whatever uh, whatever mental health issues you may have kind of dealt with, or maybe currently dealing with, um, what have you found has been as like worked for you to kind of work through them? Mm. Uh, Well, I've never,
1: I have yet to be diagnosed with any sort of mental health um, anything, but so It's, it's all, it all really comes down to like my, um, observation of my own mental state, which, uh, I can experience, but I don't have any sort of like, uh, objective view over it or, or, or label or anything like that. But, um, I, I have some, I have something I, okay. Well, I have a distinct lack of ability to, um, you know, focus and structure my time. So maybe I consider, maybe I have ADHD, you know, Um, at least, especially in regards to things that I, I don't, that I don't care about. I I have a very hard time focusing on it. Um, And I've also, I feel maybe had on and off depression. Again, not really sure. I only have my own experience to go off, but the way that I address both of these things. Um, I guess I've already talked about it is for the first ailment. Um, I, I try to think about what I, what I really want and I keep, I keep losing this practice, but just, uh, waking up in the morning and writing down what you want for the day, maybe even what you want for, uh, the week or, you know, if you're really, doing it big five years from now, um, is helpful. Um, so understanding what, what you want and then just, you know, filling in, filling in the blanks as to how to get there, um, helps me with that first, that lack of focus thing. Um, and then the depression, uh, or this, I don't know what it is. It's, you know, don't want to get out of bed kind of feeling sadness about particular events. It's such a mixture of things that helps me with that particular feeling. Um, It it ranges from uh, doing the kind of self-care, small things that uh, we talked about to really addressing the issues head on, talking with the person who is making me, who is in some way, who's partly caused me to feel the way that I do or, Um, you know, going to the gym if I'm feeling like, uh, fat or something or, um, what? Yeah. So it it really just ranges from treating myself to trying to tackle the problem.
0: Um, so the next question here, the preface that I like to give is that failure is not always a bad thing. Because sometimes when we fail at things or things don't go the way that we would hope, we ultimately learn something from them, whether it's, oh, that thing wasn't right for me to begin with, or, oh, now I know what I actually want, or how oh, I dodged a bullet there. Um, lots of different possibilities. So I like to ask my guest, what is a, a notable example in your life that you can think of that something that you failed at something or that something didn't go the way that you had hoped, but you learned something from it? And what was that?
1: These are good questions. Um, well, I think just because it's so fresh in my mind, I know you might be getting tired of this topic, but, um, uh, stocks every time, every time I lose, I learn, you know, like why, why it happened. Um, learn to read charts a little bit better. I know that's a very not dramatic (laughs) answer, but that's the one.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It's definitely something that kind of forces you to learn a bit more patience. It forces you to kind of understand maybe your like anxiety a bit better and and kind of get that under control a bit more. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have answered, you know, about like breakups or divorces, like relationships ending. Yeah, um, those two. Or or you know like yeah, getting fired from a job or um, you know lots like everyone has a different answer, and that's the great thing about this show. And and you know my couple of guests back um Mallory McGrath uh, kind of noticed how and <laughs> not to not so this is going to sound a little bit uh, a little bit self-serving but yeah the, the the idea of this question set and why I ask the same questions to everybody is I guess that has a little bit of a street epistemology kind of um influence to it um but just to get the same ask about the same things from different people. Cause some people are going to give the same answers and other people are going to have very unique ones. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes I do get a lot of the same answers to certain questions and I have taken questions out of the show that we're getting the same answer every time. It's like, Hey, that's, there's no value in that really. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. arguably
1: <laughs> there's, there's this idea, like a, a deep idea in street epistemology. That's kind of like, um, or just in epistemology in general, that's like, a uh, test that can't fail is a useless test, you know. So, like, if you're if everybody who takes a particular test, um, and even especially if they're just scribbling mindlessly filling in the scantron, and everybody gets an A plus, um, the test the test is useless at that point, you know. So I,
0: yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing. Like, this show has evolved uh, coming close to this is coming close to my 30th episode and um yeah the show has definitely uh evolved through that time and uh continues to and i have other ideas for how to kind of expand it or or spin it off a little bit more so usually on this show once we get to this point a lot of advice has kind of come up indirectly but just just in case i have a question right at the end to make sure that we really consolidate it and um kind of get to try to like boil it down into something that is a little bit easier to kind of almost put like you on a t-shirt or something so I ask about advice but I've I've chosen to focus it on I've broken up all of society into three kind of age generation groups uh, for better or worse I've got sort of like kids and teens I've got kind of you know 30 to 50 ish uh, age people or I guess more like kind of I'm actually, sorry, more like 20 to 40, I guess. Um, And then kind of like our parents and grandparents age. And so I I like to ask the guest, and you can give the same piece of advice to all of these groups, or you can give individual advice to each one. If you think that you, if that's what you want to do, but uh, I'd like to ask what advice would you give to a teenager or like a youth? Uh, What advice would you give to someone kind of of our age? And what advice would you give to like your parent or grandparents generation?
1: The grandparents one I find most difficult, just, you know, I I think for obvious reasons, like I I have such a relative lack of experience in regards to them. But um, uh, I think, okay. So for the the grandparents, I would say, um, because I've started to notice this within myself, I would say um don't don't lose uh your don't feel like you have to suppress your childlike nature you know like feel feel free to explore even with the pressures of uh society or or whatever um and then for the younger people I would say uh I I think <laughs> Personally, I just have such a strong affinity to those five virtues that I talked about that I would, I would say, you know, approach, approach life with honesty and kindness and open mindedness and, um, and, and balance recognize that everything is, there's a balance and nuance to things, uh, and try to be clear. Um, and then to people, my age group, I would say, I guess I would say both of those things.
0: Yeah, no, that that's like, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I've I, again, this is one of those questions where I do tend to get uh, similar advice for for certain groups. And um, yeah, that's I very much subscribe to you know not losing touch with your kind of inner child, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, of course, like open-mindedness, curiosity. Um, curiosity is like, might as well be my middle name. I feel like, um, which is probably why, you know, street epistemology and interviewing people, uh, both appeal to me.
1: <laughs> Lacey curiosity Artemis. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, I, I haven't asked this at all yet because I know it's, it's a, I'm the focus, oh. but I'm really curious how you would answer that question. Have you ever answered it?
0: Um, I can't remember if I have or not. But actually, the next question was, the uh, you know, guest asked me a question. So if that's the question you want to ask me, <laughs> <think you> <laughs> is, it, is there something else you really want to ask me?
1: Well, I'm curious. It's like a two-parter question, um, and it's, not, it's nothing too deep. Um, how do you remember, like, how you got into YouTube, even just as, like, a consumer or watcher? Um, and like what your favorite pastimes with YouTube in particular are.
0: I don't specifically remember how I first got into it. Cause I know that I was not on it right when it, I think it launched in either 2005 or 2006, uh, right. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I know I was in college around that time and when I was kind of more back in college, I was a lot more, there was a lot of things that I didn't know as much about kind of, I guess, in terms of like science or basically I remember getting really into a lot of uh, like educational, yeah, educational stuff. And, and actually specifically, I remember um, like, the the ch- the channel SciShow and it it, bre- it had this like short run of something called SciShow Talk Show, mm. and I liked the normal channel or the normal, um, just the science news and information. But then they would have uh, like experts on, and they would interview them and learn about their specific like field of expertise and. I remember way back when I saw, I was like, man, that looks so fun and so interesting. And like, I really love these episodes and I'd love to do something like that someday. Mm-hmm. And that someday ended up being like, you know, 10 years later, but, but I got there and it's just at that time I didn't, I, I didn't um, have like the confidence and I didn't have the, you know, the gear and the know-how and everything. Um, but that, yeah, I remember. And, and so those things have, have been kind of always in the back of my mind. Eventually like, it's like, I either want to work for one of those kinds of channels one day, or I want to make one of my own someday. Like I want to do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, this isn't exactly science per se, but I do sometimes get to interview people that know some sciencey stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah i i can't remember if i if i answered all parts of your question or not <laughs> no you you did uh um
1: no but that's that's the same trajectory i had with uh
0: I, did i tell you about oro sessions yeah you you mentioned that in email
1: okay yeah um it's uh i had that same feeling watching like n p r tiny music desk and k x p and audio tree and all these like live high quality studio sessions i just thought they were like the coolest thing ever like to be able to see a band in such an intimate uh environment and also have like a a recording studio quality to the session um I've, i've just always loved those videos uh and so i just i ended up in a in a particular predicament with a certain group of friends and ha- after accumulating gear and all that kind of stuff to the point where i've been doing it now for like a year um and it's it's yeah it's super fun and cool and i just i i, I think i asked that question because i'm like uh kind of i think out of all the social media apps and stuff like that um if you could call youtube social media I, youtube is my favorite and i've i have been into it since like 2006 and I've just been following a bunch of different YouTubers and communities and, uh, stuff like that. Um, and I, I, back in the day I was kind of a normie. I'd follow like Shane Dawson and and stuff like that, you know, but, um, yeah, I I guess that's why I asked to see kind of, yeah, that, that was a very illuminating answer.
0: Yeah, I was recently talking to somebody on the phone, a fellow entrepreneur, and, um, you know, when I try to explain to people what this show is about, like, besides the tagline that I have for it, um, like, ultimately, I did see it as like, oh, I would love it if this could become like a show on the Discovery Channel or something like that, because Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that that most resonates with me and that I most aspire to kind of emulate in some form is stuff like that either would be on the discovery channel or that would be like an edutainment kind of uh youtube Mm -hmm. channel and so like i have this interview i have the the fascinator mini episodes that i do where we do learn about a specific thing and since the beginning i've wanted to go out and kind of go to places and like do an activity or try something new and you know, be kind of filmed while I'm doing it and and learn about it and then kind of give my impressions afterwards. And that's just not been possible due to a pandemic. But mm. um, once the pandemic is, you know, more behind us, that is something I definitely want to do as well. So that'll probably be a, a 2022 thing. Wait, but which
1: is, which is what in particular, like meeting people in person?
0: Well, so the, the first time that it kind of came up on the show was uh, episode five because my guest uh, did sports shooting. And I have been to a gun range once in my life, um, but you know, she said, um, uh, "Like I was like, you know, I I'd, I'd be totally down to to come with you sometime if you would be if you'd if you'd be okay with that, like come with you to your sports shooting range and like try it with you, like as someone who knows what they're doing, and me who's never done it before." And kind of go through that process and be filmed and then afterwards like okay what did i think going in what was i expecting what and coming out of it how do i feel what do i think what i do it again etc cetera, etc cetera. and so yeah it'd be kind of like watching me learn watching me how, like not just me i could be also with other people but um yeah like i it, it's as with any part of this project once i start doing it it will evolve and it will like i say this it, it content usually eventually figures out what it wants to be and it naturally will gravitate there. Mm-hmm. So like I started the show originally with the idea to be interviewing other, you know, like multi um, talent people exclusively and like entrepreneurs and like learn, okay, what helps you do all of these things. And I realized like, that's not what this needs to be. It, this needs to be like a more generalized, like learn from people's experience and, and, you know, find wisdom and lessons and learn new things. And, um, so it just, it naturally kind of gravitated that way. I'm like, well, that's what it was meant to be. Um, you know, that is to say that I believe things are meant to be something. I don't necessarily always believe that, but, um, yeah, that's cool.
1: Um, man, I had, I had one more question, but I only get the one. And also, I forgot it. So.
0: so this is part of the show where I like to give the guest a chance to highlight. Uh, are there any charities or causes that you particularly would like to raise awareness of or promote? No. Well, on, on this show, we we do support uh, Black Lives Matter. And uh, right now, there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, like indigenous um, stuff here in Canada. There's very unfortunately been... Um, a lot of mass graves being found across Canada at res- former residential schools, um, which is really, really unfortunate. So I can put links in the uh, the show notes for donating to uh, those causes, because um, it's like Canada's kind of having its, uh, or at least one of perhaps uh, several reckonings with uh, history that a lot of people didn't want to acknowledge or. Um, admit so yeah um, hearing about
1: that mostly through canadian friends on clubhouse actually like they've been apparently uh the way that a lot of people are describing it is that um the uh the way it is to be black in the united states is like being native american in canada but maybe worse
0: i can't speak to that in any great depth unfortunately but yeah i I can just say it's it's definitely like this has been a long time coming and uh you know there's a lot of sort of the more progressive people that i know there's a there's a growing kind of movement and sentiment to to cancel canada day this year like don't celebrate it like this you know this this community uh is finally getting kind of the acknowledgement that it's been, you know, the indigenous communities of the country and, and, you know, they need to kind of grieve and, um, and uh, so it's it's not really appropriate to kind of be party, partying and shooting off fireworks uh, uh, at this time. So, yeah. So this uh, now we're going to come to the plug section. Um, is there anything uh, anywhere online that people can find you or find things that you've done that you want to share? Um, you know, besides I guess here your, your YouTube channel. I
1: have a I have a link tree. Please, let me see. <laughs> it's uh Okay. L I N K T R dot E E slash Q V I N N. So it's like my name, but with a V instead of a U. So it's, yeah, it's just link tree slash Quinn with a V instead of a U, And that will take you to uh, various different like um, bands that I've been in our projects uh, that sessions work that I was talking about. It's called Oro sessions um, and also the Quinn questions uh, YouTube channel.
0: I also have a, a link tree, but I have so many links that it's just kind of almost not really worth it. It's just yeah. I just tell people to go to ArtemisCreates.com because everything's there. Um, but yeah, so hat collecting you can find online at hatcollecting.com. You can find it on social media at hat collecting, currently only on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, of course my website, ArtemisCreates.com. I also have a Patreon. And uh, I'm on uh, this website called Odyssey, which is spelled O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. And that's basically like a YouTube alternative that um, runs on uh, like its own native cryptocurrency. Um, So it's it's kind of an interesting thing where like on, on YouTube, you have to have a certain number of followers and a certain number of watch time before they will let you monetize. And then you have other issues there um odyssey you can start going like there's a lot of no. unfortunately there's a lot of like right wing content on there a lot of like kind of anarcho-capitalist stuff on there right now but French. but there you know veritasium's on there um a very um uh what was they say like a reputable um thing and there's some, there's some other stuff so but yeah you can go on there and you can like directly support creators that you like um if you want to um it's crazy you start monetizing at like one view Um, sort of like you you can get um you can get tips like from day one if you like if i joined there with like a really big built-in audience then i'm sure that would probably happen but i'm still pretty new i'm still growing my my audience so um i haven't gotten any anything like that yet but i'm trying to i'm trying to talk about it a bit more and get the the word out a bit more so that maybe more people will go and check it out. Um, And yeah, I have uh, music, I have a book, I have designs and merch. Those are all, you can find all of those on my website. Again, patreon.com slash Creates to support this and and my other stuff that I do. I'm on Twitch. I just actually streamed again last night for the first time in a few weeks. And I'm hoping to get back into that more regularly again because it's pretty fun. And if you're listening to this as the podcast, the audio podcast, um, if you don't mind taking a minute to leave a, a review and a rating on iTunes, that would help as well. Um, and yeah, I have a, uh, I'll put an overlay on the screen kind of with all this stuff, uh, just to make it a little bit easier, but all my links are in the description as well. And, yeah, for audience participation, I like to ask at the end of each episode, um, if you uh, are watching on YouTube and or Odyssey and you want to um, leave a comment, uh, please tell me your favorite thing that you learned this episode or your favorite um, just thing that we talked about or favorite idea, whatever. Um, just just leave a comment and let me know what you thought, what you learned, um, what you'd like to hear more of, maybe. And, yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Like and subscribe. I always forget to say that. <laughs> yeah. So this is now the end of the show. We we ended off with the um the traditional hat sign off, which is what I like to call it. And this is where the guest and I um both will put on a hat, and we can do this one of two ways. We can either do that at the same time, or one of us can go first. However, you want to do it.
1: Let's do it at the same time with like a countdown.
0: Sure. Uh, okay. Do you want me to count, or do you want to count? Go ahead. You count. All right three two one hat (laughs) this is a dark gray fedora that looks kind of black on the screen or very very dark but yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is the problem a lot of hats do not stay on top of these headphones for me which is unfortunate um but yeah that you said it's a lampshade (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> so,
0: hey it works it sits on your head that yeah. qualifies as a hat I guess <laughs> um, but yeah so thanks once again for watching another episode of Hat Collecting I hope that you did learn something and uh, gained some some wisdom or some perspective or just were entertained even and um, yeah until next time um, stay curious and keep collecting those hats and we will see you in another time <laughs>